Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the $5 trillion foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week has seen a bit of a dollar fight back thanks to a hawkish stance from the Federal Reserve. So with the Fed gearing up for possibly four rate hikes this year, have investors been too quick to write off the dollar? Or are we simply going through a small blip in what is emerging as a new dollar bear market? And as Theresa May gathers her cabinet colleagues to thrash out once and for all a UK government position on Brexit... How should investors position themselves on the pound over the next few weeks? Well, with me to look at the dollar story this year and sterling is Bilal Hafiz, Forex strategist at Namura. Bilal, I've read a piece this week coming up with 17 reasons why people think the dollar has been weak. Do we care still about what is the specific reason for dollar weakness? I think that... There are many, many reasons to be bearish on the dollar. And to some extent, you're right in saying that if there are so many factors, why why focus on one particular factor? But I, I would say that the nuance is important, especially to try to understand the shorter term dynamics in the dollar and also which currencies the dollar will weaken the most against. But I would agree that there's, there's kind of a, a whole range of factors that will drive the dollar lower. Well, I wouldn't want to let you pass without giving us your own reasons sure. why, why you think. What, what's, yeah, what's number one Yeah, I mean, for me, for there's uh, the, the, so the main, medium term factor is the fact that the US current account deficit and, and the fiscal deficit is all deteriorating. Um, uh, so that that's kind of an overarching sort of factor. And also the other one I would say in terms of interest rates, which has been a big focus of markets in terms of the breakdown between this uh, move in US interest rates higher and, and dollar lower, is that the dollar had already appreciated significantly when the Fed started to taper at the early stages of its tightening phase. And now the market is to some extent sort of shrugging off further Fed hikes, instead focusing yeah. very much on what the ECB will do, what the Bank of England will do. And that that's another factor. I think, yes, because helps. we had this, this, these Fed minutes this week, which were pretty hawkish um some people said well we didn't learn anything new we never do learn anything new from fed minutes we just we just follow the tone um and uh the the dollar has done pretty well this week in anticipation of those fed minutes but actually now we're seeing once again an equities rally the dollar is again falling it feels like the market is saying yeah okay we know what the fed's going to do yeah and I'd, I'd agree you know i think whether the fed does three hikes this year or four hikes or two or three next year it's it's not really such a big deal it, it's interesting recently the main periods of dollar strength has really come when stocks have weakened it's been in a negative environment yeah. risk aversion and so when stocks have been weak the dollar has been stronger so we haven't really seen a a period where markets are doing well, stock markets are doing well, and the dollar's appreciating. And that, that's quite telling for me in terms of where the, the overall forces are on the dollar. I mean, if investors are underweight anywhere, it's in things like European equities. And people say to me, well, actually, if you're looking for a reason for the dollar weakness, this is the direction first that the market is going to go. It's going to be piling into European equities where they're underweight, and that is going to be a cause of uh, dollar weeks because after all you look at u.s equities and they're pretty toppy they're pretty 
expensive, as you you know, the, the cycle's pretty is a lot more mature. Do you buy that? No, I'd agree. Um, and to some extent, last year we saw that trend start to unfold, where there was large purchases of European equities by foreigners. And I would say, in general, um, Asia Asian investors, whether it's the official sector or the private sector, European investors everyone's already quite overweight US assets cumulatively yeah. over the last 10, 15 years. And so if there is some reorientation, it has to be away from the US towards other markets. Yeah. And in the search for other markets, let's look at the foreign exchange market. If you are convinced on the dollar week story, where do you strengthen? Um, where on the other side do you go? The the, the euro was seemed to be the favoured one at the start of this year, and obviously for a lot of last year, but there's a lot of momentum behind the yen at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think right now we're we're seeing more more sort of broad based dollar weakness, mm-hmm. um, and so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter to some extent. The, the The main uncertainty we have, at least in the next month or so, is the overall risk environment. You know, are stocks going to remain uh, weak? Uh, or are stocks going to start to rally once again? Now, if they stay on the weakish side, like we've seen this week, then that really puts much more weight on the yen side. Yes. Um, and so our bias at this stage is really just to not try to be too clever and just say sell the dollar against both the euro and the yen. Um, if I had to force to pick one, in the short term, I'd pick the yen uh, because I think we're in this unstable risk environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a one-year horizon, I think either one of them will do very well. So that leads on to my next question, which is that one of the commentators of my piece about the 17 reasons for the fall will say, can you come up with 17 reasons why it might rise? And I suppose there you have it, that the market uncertainty causing equity weakness, is that number one reason? Yeah, I would it? say that's probably the the most obvious factor right now. If we have this pronounced period of risk aversion, and so suddenly the dollar has to would strengthen that environment. Yeah. Aside from that, in a more positive environment, um, and something that is is a possibility would be if this global synchronized recovery that we've had over the past few years uh, stops and instead the US just takes off yes. because of fiscal stimulus and animal spirits or whatever you want to call it. Meanwhile, Europe, uh, China all start to sort of head down growth-wise and we don't really see any sort of improving growth momentum. We see weaker inflation in those regions and the US just takes off and decouples from all them. All of which just doesn't look very likely Yeah, I at think the that's, that is unlikely. I yeah. think if, if the US does well, it will pull the rest up anyway. And also, I would argue that Europe is really much more earlier in its recovery than the US is. I mean, the US is much more mature in its recovery cycle. The unemployment's already at, at the lows, whereas Europe is, isn't quite there yet. Okay. Um, so Bilal, are, are you a betting man? Would you prefer to put some money on whether we are actually now in a dollar bear market uh, which which actually if we are it started effectively you know this time last year yeah uh, I, th- I think absolutely we are you know and we we a year ago we actually i mean not to be too boastful we actually said we we are at the beginning of a multi-year downtrend in the dollar um Can and send me that note? i'll send you that note yeah yeah it's like the the weak dollar revolution will be tweeted okay. we wrote uh in the first week of january last right. year um and i think you know these trends are very powerful they're strong they tend to last five six seven years and we're at the early stages of that okay and in which case um how long is it going to last i mean on average they last what about yeah eight on, or nine on years? average uh they last well the literal sort of average is seven years, right. so the biblical seven years. Um, obviously, it can be five years or nine years and so on, but it, it tends to last quite long. Um, usually the first year or two, you tend to see a very strong dollar downtrend. Right. 
So it just moves down in almost a straight line. Thereafter, year three, year four, you see more corrections. So it gets much choppier, but the, but the trend is still down. That is taking an average since Bretton Woods, since 71. Yeah, yeah. So uh, things have changed a bit recently. I mean, obviously, we're moving from a kind of a easy money period to, to monetary tightening. I mean, that, that might influence, I suppose, the length or the, we might be seeing shorter periods of... Yeah, possibly, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, things could change in that respect. But I think the underlying fundamentals what triggers those reversals remain in place, like current account dynamics, valuations, um, uh, trade policy shifts, and then relative business cycle dynamics. And political risk as well, which is yep. was a big feature last year. Are we seeing it again this year? I mean, we could not yeah, talk, I mean, about, I to talk think, about Brexit, but I mean, uh, yeah. South Africa, for example, and Zuma uh, di- disappearing. Um, the US, I suppose, is, remains a political risk uh, environment. Yeah, I mean, I think on the political risk side, I think we've had uh, a number of years now where it's it's been the developed world where you had the main political risk Mm -hmm. um, up until the French elections last year. I think now it's all about EM political risk. I think that's where the more pronounced risk is. Now, South Africa, that's the first political event of this year for EM. And it's been favorable to South Africa with Zuma's exit and Ramaphosa's entry. And I think that's likely to be quite uh, positive for the the country. Um, But then we have Mexico. We have uh, Brazil. Uh, coming up this year. And then we have India next year. And already people are talking about uh, the rise of populism in India. So suddenly shifted to EM. Um, On the DM side, it's been interesting. Markets have kind of shrugged off Italian risk. They've shrugged off what's going on in Germany. It doesn't seem the market doesn't seem to be too concerned. Shrugging off Brexit quite They're not. No, no. no. And I think the Brexit thing is just the ongoing drama that we're, we're seeing. I mean, I would say on the positive side, the Europeans do appear in some courses to have softened their stance a bit, you know, by the EU Parliament talking about articles of association, you know, similar like a Ukraine-style agreement where you could have uh, special rules for financial services. So there is some moderation there. And also there are some commentary from Europe which is saying that the UK may be allowed to negotiate free trade arrangements with other countries during transition. It's all very positive, Bilal. I mean, most investors I speak to are erring very much on the side of negativity, not even yeah. caution. I mean, yeah, they, they yeah, assume no. the worst. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, the reason I mentioned these, to assume the worst. Yeah, no, I, the reason I mentioned these positive factors are that you know we can easily just paint a very negative apocalyptic sort of view for the right. UK. Um, and and it is true that you know in essence the, the Conservative Party doesn't have a united front on this. At any no. point, there could be a potential civil war of some kind, a leadership election which could undermine the whole whole project. Um, time will tell whether that will emerge yes. or not. So. You know, it's a- particular feels like a point of no return i know we've said this many times before but it does feel like um you know businesses uh, you know investment decisions really are you know right up to the edge i mean the ft had this story about unilever thinking about relocating its headquarters out of london um i mean it does feel like you know business needs decisions now in other words it feels particularly binary for sterling yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. And I think part of that is we're coming closer to the deadline. It's less than a year now, I guess, yeah. almost away. So we need some clarity on that front. But you could see a scenario where we could end up in a in a transition arrangement that lasts two, three years. And yeah. suddenly that... Or indefinitely. Or is. indefinitely. <laughs> it depends what the Brexiteers say yeah. about that. Um, and also you have to sort of recognise that the public polling suggests that more people now... Uh, are uh, kind of anti-Brexit as yeah. well. That's so, so, so MPs have to kind of recognise that sort of dynamic as well. Yeah. So on the Brexit side, what we've seen since Brexit is that Brexit occasionally does, you know, appear to be a negative factor for the pound, but the pound doesn't collapse as much as you yeah. think it would. 
Um, so I'd be cautious in being too bearish on the pound on, on the Brexit factor by itself. Good. Caution on Brexit. Bill Al-Hafiz of Namura, thank you very much indeed. Join us again next week for Hard Currency when we will be examining the first major utterings of the new Fed chair, Jerome Powell, and what they tell us about the future path of the Federal Reserve. Until then, it's goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.